1: Congratulations on getting through your nine to five. Thank you so much for listening. It is the drive on Sixth Sports Radio, SixthInnsports.com, and the Odyssey app. My name is Karenson Harrison. Excited to be here with you. Rob Brenton is here as well, taking you up until six o'clock. If you missed it, Patrick Mahomes joined us earlier on the show today. We'll play that for you coming up in about 15 minutes. We got a chance to catch up with the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. We will replay that for you coming up in about 15 minutes. This is where I would like to start today's 5 o'clock hour. Earlier today, Tom Brady went on the Pat McAfee show and was asked about the GOAT debate. Who's the greatest quarterback of all time? This is how I would answer it. I think there is a resume argument and then an eye test feeling argument. I think it's going to be really difficult for Patrick Mahomes at the end of his career to have a better resume than Tom Brady. They have played in two postseason games. Patrick Mahomes has lost both of those games. They met each other in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes' team lost the Super Bowl. Just in terms of a resume argument, he has 10 appearances, 7 wins. He did it for a 20-year span. It's going to be very difficult to overcome that. But what I think Patrick Mahomes can win and is probably going to win is the eye test feeling. If you told me that you believe that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback that you have ever seen, if you said that he is the greatest football player that you have ever seen, that is not a bad take. That is not a wrong take. It's the same argument that people make about Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus. If you think that Tiger Woods is the greatest golfer of all time, there's a lot of data and evidence and video proof that you are right. You can show them the Masters, show them the U.S. Open. You can show them so many things. And at the end of it, that person might be like, all right, man, you're right. If you think LeBron James is the better basketball player than Michael Jordan, I'm not here to argue it. He's going to have more points, more rebounds, more assists. There are a lot of arguments that you can make, but you're not going to be able to make the resume argument. As long as we can acknowledge those two things about Patrick Mahomes, I think we'll be able to get through the next 10 years. But I am telling you, if the Chiefs win this Super Bowl and he has three rings and four appearances and he is 28 years old, we are going to be debating on whether or not he is the greatest quarterback for a long time. And that's exciting. One thing that I think is really silly about the Jordan and LeBron debate. Well, if you think Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player of all time, you know what that means? LeBron James is the second greatest basketball player of all time. Seems really good. You can play in a lot of NBA finals. You can win a lot of games. It's really good to be the second greatest basketball player of all time. Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback that I have ever seen, but I never thought that Brady's greatness was defined by the wow moment. He didn't have the greatest arm. He didn't really make miraculous throws. He wasn't the fastest, wasn't the most mobile. It was just Brady's ability to always come through in critical moments and in big spots. And Patrick Mahomes has a lot of those qualities and characteristics. This was not an all-time great Patrick Mahomes game. He threw it 39 times, threw less than 300 yards, didn't have that memorable run. This team needed him to make two incredible throws, and that's exactly what he did. The throw in the first quarter on the touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey, there are not many human beings that can make that throw. There's not many quarterbacks in the history of the league that could have made that throw. And on the biggest play of the game, they didn't trust Isaiah Pacheco. They trust. They didn't trust their defense. They trusted their quarterback to make one throw to go win them the game on third down. And that's what playoff football is. And he did that. And he has done that time and time again. The fact that he has already made this an argument and a conversation six years in is a testament to how great he is. It's not a knock. I think at this point, if you were making the all-time list, I think Patrick Mahomes is currently third. I think Brady is one. I think Joe Montana is two based on resume, and Patrick Mahomes is three. You got six AFC championship games. You have now been to four Super Bowls. I think you're going to win another one and have your third Super Bowl. You are a part of a dynasty. As great as Peyton Manning was, he wasn't a part of a dynasty. Not in Denver, not in Indianapolis. He was a part of some incredible runs, We've seen a lot of incredible runs. There have been very few dynasties in the history of the National Football League, and I think that gives Patrick Mahomes the edge, and that's not even counting that we have maybe 10 more years of watching him play quarterback to go to more AFC championship games and more Super Bowls. We are in the midst of one of the greatest runs in the history of the National Football League and currently what the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs is doing. Here's what Tom Brady had to say earlier today on the Pat McAfee Show.
2: There's nothing that Patrick can do, in my opinion, that takes away from what I tried to accomplish in my career. And there's nothing that I did can take away from what he's trying to accomplish. I I feel like all I tried to be was the best I could be. And I didn't, even though I had sporting idols, like I said, I could never be Steve Young. I could never be Joe Montana. Those are the guys I could never be Dan Marino or John Elway. These were my childhood idols. And they had incredible careers, and, and they put as much as they could into their career, and I really respect them for that. And, and I just tried to do the same thing. And believe me, if anybody can go out there and win seven Super Bowls, I have so much respect for them. I understand how difficult it is. I will congratulate them, and I'm going to, you know, give whatever it is a big hug. I texted my friend um, who, who plays with Pat um, after the game, and I just said, tell him congrats. I mean, just awesome to watch him play. And I love watching him lead his team. And of all the things I love, I love leadership and I love people that are selfless. I hate selfish teammates. I, help, I, I don't like being around people that are self-serving and always trying to create their own self-serving narrative about who they are. I,
1: That was Tom Brady earlier today on the Pat McAfee show. I want to read this uh, text to you guys, and I do want to talk to Rob about the NFC championship game because he and I are on different sides of this. See, Brady isn't even a top four quarterback all time because of skill set. He is simply the most accomplished, the number one most accomplished quarterback back with great defenses. I don't know how we can have that criticism of Tom Brady and praise Patrick Mahomes for this season. They didn't score in the second half on Sunday. I'm not here poking holes in what the Chiefs just accomplished or what their quarterback accomplished. This was not a great postseason run from Mahomes from a numbers standpoint. Patrick Mahomes in every individual game, whether it was Miami, Buffalo, or last week against the Baltimore Ravens, did exactly what the Chiefs needed. I saw Tom Brady do that for 20 years. And I also think that we underestimate how good those offenses were for the New England Patriots. And maybe they didn't have a lot of names, which kind of sounds like the Kansas City Chiefs offense, but consistently found themselves top five in points scored and one of the better offenses in the National Football League. I just don't think we need to poke holes in what Brady accomplished because I just don't think there are any holes to poke. If you go to 10 Super Bowls and your team wins seven of them and even the whole conversation about who the greatest coach and quarterback was. And then you left that coach. And then you went to go play with Bruce Arians and you still won the super bowl. You got to give it to that man. The same way that we ask all these other quarterbacks to give it to Pat, that Pat just different. Tom was different, man. And we saw Tom do it for 20 years. Patrick is building his own legacy. And I didn't think that we would see anybody come close to being able to rival the accomplishments that Patrick Mahomes has or that Tom Brady has Patrick got a shot. If you got four appearances and three wins before you're 28 and you got another eight to 10 years of healthy football, what number do we think Pat lands at Rob seven, eight appearances by the time this is over. If you got seven, eight appearances and you win five of them, you got an argument to me of being the greatest quarterback of all time. You certainly got a legitimate debate and conversation about if you are the GOAT. So I wanted to play for you guys what Tom Brady had to say earlier today about Patrick Mahomes and about the GOAT conversation as we get you ready for Super Bowl 58. I know we got to play Patrick Mahomes here coming up in a bit. Rob, this is my argument against the Detroit Lions and what we saw a couple of days ago. I think that in all the analytics and all the numbers, that the numbers don't equate in human element of momentum and how momentum works. And if you have been to a sporting event, you feel it. Something happens, something changes, and instantly there is a spark. Rob, you were at the last MUKU game in Allen Fieldhouse. I know they played since then, but you know the one I'm talking about. There was a moment where you felt like, Kansas has got this. They're going to win this. There was a mistake. There was something that happened that you could just feel it and how difficult it's going to be to overcome. That moment happened on Sunday in the NFC Championship game. The Lions were in control of the game. It is fourth and three. They can kick a 45-yard field goal to go up three possessions. We saw it in Kansas City hey, if you don't take the points or if you do something and now you leave the door open just a little bit, you allow a great team to walk through it. Detroit went for it on fourth down. They got stopped on fourth down, and then the onslaught began. San Francisco scored a touchdown. They then forced a fumble on the next Lions possession. They quickly scored a touchdown. Wait, you went from being up possibly 17 to feeling good, and you think you're going to the Super Bowl Five minutes later in real time, you are tied on the road and now the momentum has completely shifted and you let the building right back into it. There's no shame in taking points. I feel like in all of our conversation about analytics and aggressiveness. We have made taking three points like it's the absolute worst thing that you can do on a possession. No, the worst thing you can do on a possession is turn the ball over, and that is exactly what getting stopped on fourth down is. It is turning the ball over. You had a chance to get points. You now relinquished possession and gave it to your opposition. I love the Lions season. It was great. It was aggressive, but sometimes knowing when to get up from the table is the best thing that you can do. And sure, your friends might laugh at you and say, ha-ha, you could have kept winning. I'm going home with the profit, though. And I thought there were two times in that game where we're not asking Detroit to kick a 57-yard field goal. These are less than 50-yard field goals in 2024. If your kicker can't make that, then he shouldn't be your kicker because there are way too many kickers out here that can consistently make field goals 50 yards and in. you got to take the points in that scenario. To me, if if
3: you're Detroit. So listen, I don't totally disagree with the idea that, Hey, we use analytics too often and we don't, you know, this, that, and the other. I understand that. I, I really do, but I feel like the lions are who the lions are. And they were a team that all season long was aggressive on fourth down. And I had the stat earlier. they were seven of nine this year inside the opponent's 30 on fourth and three, meaning they have been in this scenario before and more times than not. They have been successful. They were, they were in that moment. And while I understand people are like, oh, you should just take the points, I respect the team that said, we got here with this identity. Our identity was, we're aggressive, we go for it, and they stuck to their guns. What I don't like about these conversations is, we are really missing the real culprit of why the Lions lost. They had a very fluky catch for Brandon Ayuk. It hit their safety in the face after going through his hands. Ayuk caught it, stood up, scored a touchdown. The ensuing play Jameer Gibbs goes the wrong way on a handoff and fumbles. It's picked up, and suddenly it's tied. Those were the game-changing plays, not Dan Campbell's decisions. I know that six points changes the calculus, blah, blah, blah. I like that Dan Campbell did what Dan Campbell does and stuck to his guns in that moment. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but you got to be who you are. Don't show up Mr. Aggressive and then get conservative in the brightest moments.
1: I would just argue, and I know we got to play Patrick Mahomes, that
3: sports happened. And that in, normally, in order
1: for you to overcome a big deficit, the other team has to do something. In order for the Royals to win the World Series, you need the Carlos Correa error to happen, that sports happened. And the momentum of that carried over and allowed a team to make a pretty remarkable comeback. It's your job to stop the momentum taking points and going up 17 in the second half on the road and killing their momentum and not giving them an opportunity to win the game and get their crowd back involved I thought they had plenty of chances to do that and they did that not just once they did it twice on Sunday and that's why I think the Lions are going to be watching the Super Bowl like me and you at home earlier today we got a chance to catch up with the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs Patrick Mahomes
4: has one of the most impressive resumes on planet earth two-time mvp
3: slings it to mckinnon at the 40 to the 30 to the 20 to the 10 to the 5 touchdown batman loves this stadium underhanded shovel
2: for a 56 yard Touchdown. touchdown! Two-time Super Bowl champ.
3: Mahomes uh, in the pocket, floats a pass near side. Kelsey over the shoulder,
2: he's got the catch, he's
3: got
4: the touchdown! Kansas City, a beautifully thrown ball as Mahomes to Kelsey. And the only place in the world where he does an interview weekly is right here on The Drive with CDOT. It's
5: not something that I would say I'm a Waffle House guy, but it definitely we made our appearance at Waffle House uh, a couple of times.
4: 310 means one thing. One thing. One thing. Here's Patrick Mahomes.
1: We are happy to catch up each week with the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Our conversation starts with, if he's had a moment of self-reflection, that this team has once again found themselves in the Super Bowl.
5: A little bit. I mean, at the same time, I mean, I've already started preparing for the Niners. Uh, No, uh, it is really cool, uh, I mean, to be able to play in this many Super Bowls in this short amount of time um never would have even dreamt of it honestly but uh it, it's cool but uh I mean, we still we still want to go out there and win it we don't want to go out there and make a bad memory you know make it a good one
1: absolutely we'll bounce back and forth you mentioned that you've already watched san francisco when was the first time that you watched them play
5: um i watched them the monday morning when we, when we got in um but i mean i've always watched them play and i know it's always fun watching their their team play and um they've been getting after for these last few years i mean even though they've been through a couple of defensive coordinators they have a a lot of the uh, the same same players. Um, so uh, it's uh, they're, they're a, a team that's won a lot of football games for a reason, because they have great players and a, and a great coach uh, team.
1: You have a lot of iconic pictures so far in your career, but one that I'm going to remember is that picture that you posted on Instagram a couple of days ago, you wearing the championship hat with the big smile. This season has obviously been more up and down. You've had your moments of frustration. Do you find this Super Bowl appearance maybe more rewarding than some of the other ones that you've been to?
5: Um for sure. Um obviously we want to finish it off with a win and you can really appreciate it but um just to go through the adversity um and get better because of it and be better going into the playoffs because of it. I mean uh we really felt calm and we felt like we were ready to go every single game that we've played so far in the playoffs cuz we've dealt we've dealt with the adversity and we know how to deal with it and and be better for it, um, and it, it's something that I think will, will help us out not only in the Super Bowl, but uh, the rest of our careers.
1: How important was that because you guys were able to advance, and obviously San Francisco, two teams that have been here before, two teams that have played in AFC and NFC championship games where Baltimore and Detroit, they haven't played. How much do you think that experience played a factor down the stretch?
5: Um, I think it does a little bit, at least. I mean, just being in the games before, you can control your emotions early, especially, um, especially being in a hostile environment. Um, and to know that it's going to take all four quarters, I think that's another thing is you, sometimes when you get up early, um, you kind of lose that momentum and all of a sudden one thing happens and the momentum goes the other way, whereas you just kind of rely on you've been there before, you know how to just take it one play at a time. Um, no matter if it's a positive play, negative play, keep, keep your mind in the right spot and be ready to go for that next play.
1: Right now we're talking to Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, as they get ready for another Super Bowl next Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers. I played this yesterday at the beginning of the show. I played one of your cuts over the course of the season and also Travis Kelsey from his podcast. You two have been very vocal about, hey, we got the guys to fix this. We're going to get this thing figured out. We're going to get back on the same page. What kept you so optimistic despite you guys' troubles in the second half of the season?
5: I think it's just the, the work that you see the guys put in. I mean, obviously I've played on a couple of Super Bowl champion t- uh teams, um, and I, you, you see how hard you have to work for. You have to – the work ethic, no matter if stuff's going good, stuff's going bad, you have to keep your head down and just keep working. And uh, you can see that all year long as guys have continued to work. And no matter if if something hasn't gone their way or, or if someone from outside the building they're talking about, maybe this guy shouldn't play or whatever that is, guys continue to work and try to get better at their craft and – when um, you see the guys that put in the words, do you believe in the guys and you know that stuff's gonna the the tide's gonna turn and they're gonna they're gonna start making the plays, um and that's what's happened.
1: One of those players that you're speaking of is Marquez Valdez Scantling. I don't have to tell you about some of the outside noise that has circulated around him over the course of the season. How rewarding was it, how poetic was it that for the play to seal the game and to send you guys back to another Super Bowl, it is him making a big play in a playoff game.
5: Yeah, I mean that's 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 one of the guys i'm talking about i mean just just he continues to work every single day and he and he helps others i mean you you can ask Rashi and and he, he's helping Rashi out all the time you can ask any of those guys he's like veteran leadership guy in that in that room and um even though a lot of stuff hasn't ha- happened his way this the regular season i've seen what he can do in the playoffs if you look back to the last AFC championship game and the way that he played in the playoffs that year i mean it he's a guy that he's going to continue to work and be ready for his for his moment and he was ready this week, and even though he only had one catch before going into that last play, he was able to make that big-time catch and steal the
1: game. I got a couple of questions to ask you about the AFC championship game against Baltimore. You know what it's like to lose in an AFC championship game. Certainly not a good feeling. Did you have a chance to talk to Lamar after the game?
5: Yeah, I talked to him real quick, man. I mean, you, I mean, I just congratulated him on a heck of a season. I mean, the, the way that he led that team throughout the entire season and get them to that point, I mean, it was special, and he's going to be having an MVP trophy, and it was a remarkable season, um, and uh, it, it, you got to just continue to work. And I think that he has that right mindset, man. I mean, he he continues to get after it every single year, and that's why he keeps getting better and better every single year. And that's what you have to have in order to be a champion in this league.
1: We saw Justin Tucker comment on it yesterday. Can you explain to us what happened before the game?
5: Yeah, no, I mean it's uh, it, it became a bigger deal than I think it actually was, but at the same time, I mean. I've had like seven years of, of kind of doing that same warm-up routine. and There's only been, a, I think, like three occasions where there's been a kicker that wasn't – uh because uh, you, you usually talk to the guys, so there's been a kicker that wasn't necessarily moving out the way or you, you weren't kind of sharing the field um, in the right way. And, I mean, it was in Baltimore all three times. So, um, I, he does that little stuff, I think, to try to get under our skin. And I asked him to move his stuff, and he, and he got up and moved it, I think, two inches. Um, but, but didn't move it out of the way. And I, I was going to kind of let it slide, but Travis kind of got it and moved it for me. And then after that, I wasn't going to let him put it back down. So it's, it's something that we, we move on. I mean, I have a lot of respect for him as a player and as a kicker. Um, one of the best kickers of all time, probably the best kicker of all time, but, at the same time, you got to have respect for each team, and we all share the field, and we, we try to do that in a respectful way.
1: You mentioned Travis Kelsey. Mitch Holtz has said this on the broadcast, that this was as fired up as he can remember Travis Kelsey being before a game. You guys have the incident before the game. He comes out and has an incredible first drive. Kelsey had extra energy and motivation for this one, it felt like.
5: No, I man, anytime you, you you kind of uh, make Travis a little upset, he starts playing, I think, even better. I mean, that's the type of mindset he has, the type of competitor he is. Um, and, uh, he was fired up all week long. I don't think it was anything that the Ravens did personally. I think it was just, I think just him hearing now how, how he hadn't been, I guess, had the same numbers all year long. You can see the playoffs. He's had that mindset of he's on co-show everybody. And that's the type of competitor that he is. And that's why he's, He's one of the greatest tight end and one of the greatest players of all time in the
1: NFL. I got a couple of stats I want to read to you first. One is about Travis Kelsey. So you and him together have now played 17 playoff games. So that is a full course of a regular season. In those games, Travis Kelsey has 133 catches, a little bit over 1,500 yards and 18 touchdowns. What does it say about him as a player that even as great as he's been in his career, he seems to take it even to another level come January.
5: Yeah, I said, I said it after the, after the game, I mean, it's just a true mark of a champion, man. I mean, he, he plays better whenever the, the lights get bit bigger and there's more pressure on him um, and there's more attention on him, I think, as as far as defense is trying to stop him. And that's just because he wants to compete and win, man. It's all about that at the end of the day. He doesn't he doesn't care how it gets done. He's going to do whatever he can and leave everything on the football field to win the football game. And um, that's the guys that you want to go to battle with are guys that, that truly care and that truly will give everything they have in order to win the football game for the team.
1: You and I talked about this at the beginning of this journey about being the villain and going on the road. Did that fuel you more in this? The fact that you were going to Buffalo, a place that had you circled, that you were going to Baltimore, a city that was hosting their first uh, AFC championship game since 1971, and they were trying to take a trophy that has your owner's name on it, the Lamar Hunt Trophy. How rewarding was it to win that trophy in somebody else's stadium? Yeah, I mean, it was,
5: it was really cool. I mean, obviously, I think I was a little bit more fired at the Buffalo game just because uh, the smack talk that had been talked all week—not from the players, really, but from the fans and everything like that—about us coming to Buffalo and thinking we couldn't win on the road. Um, but Baltimore, I knew it was gonna be a great challenge because of a football team they had. And I, I knew before the season started, whenever we put Norma Hunt's uh, initials uh, on our jersey, that I wanted to get that Lamar Hunt Trophy for um, and for that family. Um, and so I was glad that we were able to win that, no matter where it was at. And now, can we can we do find a way to go out there and get that Super Bowl trophy and try to get a back to back? Uh, which hasn't been done in over 20 years. I mean, it, it, it it would be truly remarkable, something that I would really appreciate.
1: Right now, we're talking to Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, for a couple of more minutes, getting you ready for the Super Bowl next Sunday against San Francisco. I'm going to read you a couple of your accomplishments in your career. You were the first quarterback to ever start four Super Bowls before turning 30. You are the third quarterback to start four Super Bowls in a five-year span since Brady and Jim Kelly. You have 14 playoff wins, which is behind only Brady and Joe Montana. This is going to be your fourth start. Only Brady and John Elway have more what is it like to have this amount of success and have your name alongside some of the greatest players to ever play this game?
5: Yeah, I mean, it it truly is. I mean, it's an honor, man, just to be mentioned along those names. Um, But I mean, it's, uh, it's something you don't think about at the time, but I know when I'm done, I'll I'll truly appreciate the greatness of of the run that we've had in Kansas city. um, And the greatness of the players that I've had around me and the coaches that I've had around me. Um, I mean, it's made my job a lot easier and, I come to work every day and try to give everything I have. Because I know that I don't want to look back and have any regrets on on how I've kind of taken advantage of all these opportunities that I've been given. Um, and uh, the goal now is to find a way to win one, win this Super Bowl because uh, it'll be a great challenge for us. against a great football team, and uh, you want to make sure that you you give everything you have in order to do that.
1: What is it like to play in a game of this magnitude? What is it like to play in the Super Bowl?
5: Um, I mean, it's cool. I mean, it's something you watch your entire life, um, and so you you have that mindset. Of, you know, that's going to be a I don't want to say pressure, but there's going to be a lot of lights on. I mean, there's a, there's a whole show. It's more than just a football game. Uh, but at the end of the day, you you tune all that out because once you once the, once you kind of cross that uh those that white line and you get on that football field, you're just out there playing football and. Um, that's what we all enjoy to do, uh, and we want to do it on the biggest stage, and we want to have fun
1: doing it, and that's what we're going to go out there and do. Right now, we're talking to Patrick Mahomes for a couple more minutes here. How crazy is it to four years later be playing the same team that you played your first Super Bowl against?
5: Yeah, it, it's extremely crazy. And, I mean, like I said, it's a lot of the same players. I mean, obviously, there's some players on our team that aren't here, and some players on their team aren't here, but there's a lot of the same main guys that are on the football teams. Um, and. I knew we played them that time they were a great football team, they're probably gonna get back, and you never know that you're gonna get back and the fact that we're both get back in the Super Bowl and playing against and playing against each other again it'll be a it'll be a great challenge for us, and I know they're going to want to win because they didn't win the last one, so they're gonna be fired up and it'll it'll be a great opportunity.
1: We saw a lot of guys on the defense wearing their in Spags We trust shirt. Where's your in Spags We trust shirt?
5: yeah i didn't I didn't get offered one i, I didn't even get the link or anything, so uh, I'll just try to make sure i found I find one and Uh, maybe wear it uh, after the super bowl or something like that
1: you retweeted i think it was some tweet about the hangover where does the hangover rank in your favorite comedies
5: it's up there i mean uh i think it's just iconic uh for vegas um and in my my age growing up that was kind of one of those those iconic movies that you know all the one-liners from um and, and you know those like quotes iconic quotes and So whenever we were going to Vegas, man, I had to to post uh, the one GIF uh, where it was the guy, uh, Alan, on on the, the car slapping the side saying Vegas, baby.
1: That is a quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes joining us on the show today as we get you ready for Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas between the Chiefs and the Niners. Patrick, let me say this on behalf of everybody in Kansas City. Congratulations on playing a postseason game in the Raiders stadium before the Raiders get a chance to play a postseason game in their own stadium, man. It has been a remarkable run for you guys this season, man. Good luck next week in Vegas.
5: I appreciate you.
1: That was the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, joining us on the show today. I believe this is the last time that we're going to talk to him before they play next Sunday against the Los, or excuse me, against the San Francisco 49ers. They're playing in Las Vegas. My apologies there. Special thanks to Patrick Mahomes for coming on the show today. When you really look at the numbers for Travis Kelsey and what he's been able to accomplish in the postseason, It is just absolutely wild what he's been able to do. Same thing for Patrick Mahomes. I saw a stat here. Let me pull it up really quickly about Patrick Mahomes in the postseason. So he has now played 17 postseason games, a full season. Mind you, these are against the best teams in the National Football League, right? In his 17 postseason games, Patrick Mahomes is completing uh, he is he's completing 67.4% of his passes. He is stoned for 4,800 yards, 39 touchdowns, and seven interceptions in his 17 postseason games. That is basically what he was his 2022 MVP season. Just remarkable production from the quarterback position, what Kansas City has gotten. 17 games. If you win the turnover differential, you are just going to win a lot of games. Patrick Mahomes has done a really good job in these postseason games. He has not thrown an interception since the second half of the AFC championship game against Cincinnati. Cincinnati. They have played six postseason games since then. He has not thrown an interception in six games. They have won all six of those games. Man, playoff football is really, really simple. You got to minimize mistakes and you got to minimize turnovers. And the Chiefs have done a great job of removing negative plays from there and just being much more efficient. They have done a much better job of that. Coming up on the other side, Let's talk about the turning point for this team and when I think this offense really started to hit a different gear. We'll talk about that next. Keep it right here. It's The Drive.
6: The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep
4: Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this
0: on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.
6: Kansas City, it's Nick Bolton. Can I get a big old M-I-Z? You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.
1: I want to take you guys back in time. I want to take you guys back in time to a game in which the Kansas City Chiefs got booed at home. It was not that long ago. It was Christmas Day. The Chiefs, they played really, really poorly that day. Some of you were there. But I think that day was really, really important for the Kansas City Chiefs. That was the last game that they lost. And I think in that game, the Chiefs kind of had to come to some really tough realizations. In that game, Patrick Mahomes threw it 44 times. They ran it 11 times with Isaiah Pacheco. In this game, Justin Watson had six targets, which was one less than Travis Kelsey on this day. I think the Chiefs kind of had to come to some real tough realizations about what they needed to do moving forward and what their offense needed to look like. And we didn't notice it at the time. But that loss was exactly what they needed because they have been a drastically different team from an offensive standpoint since then. They really started to lean into Rasheed Rice. They really started to lean into Isaiah Pacheco. They started to make a lot of those other pieces as complementary pieces and not trying to feature them anymore. And they started to pare down the offense. Their next game against Cincinnati, Patrick Mahomes threw it 29 times. They ran it 22 times. Rice had over 100 yards, and Patrick Mahomes didn't throw an interception. He has not thrown an interception since that pick to Justin Watson. You guys know the one I'm talking about. He throws it across his body. That was the last interception that Patrick Mahomes threw this season. Was on Christmas Day. It is not a surprise to me that they have not lost since that game. I think going back that the chiefs, they needed it. This offense has never really got going this year, but I do think that the offense has figured out a formula and they have figured out what they need to do to consistently win games. So on that day, I just told you about, they gave it to Isaiah Pacheco 11 times. Since then he got 18 carries against Cincinnati. He got 24 carries against Miami 15 on the road in Buffalo. He ran it 15 times for 97 yards, and he got 24 attempts on Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens. We have seen a month of Isaiah Pacheco, and they have given it to him at least 15 times in every game since then. This is how Kansas City is going to win. It's not always going to look pretty. It didn't look pretty in the second half offensively from Kansas City. They didn't score in the second half against the Baltimore Ravens, but they stayed true to the run game. They continued to control the line of scrimmage. They continued to protect their quarterback. They didn't have that back-breaking penalty, and they didn't do a lot of the things that shot themselves in the foot so many times over the course of the regular season. I think that loss against the Las Vegas Raiders was exactly what
3: this team needed for them to figure out who they were. If you'll recall, it was right after the Raiders game because I remember this because we didn't have a show because it was Christmas Day. And then after that, this story came out. I believe it was either James Palmer, Ian Rappaport. I apologize to who didn't have it. I remember it was NFL Network. It was James Palmer. Okay, James Palmer. Mm -hmm. Perfect. The Chiefs plan for the rest of the season is to simplify and put a higher premium on execution. They are going to pare down what they've been doing on the offense. They feel like right now it's too complex, and once they make this move, they hope it will help them in the postseason. Now, I had two thoughts the report came out. One, this is either going to work, and the offense is just stuck in the mud because they're trying to do too much, or B, this is a grasping at straws. You know it's over. Well, let's play the results game because it has worked gangbusters. They walked off the field that day and realized what you've been saying about the, quote, formula. We should get that trademarked on this show, the formula. Patrick Mahomes basically stopped throwing picks after that. The team, while still having a handful of turnovers, has not been a turnover machine. They have not been doling out cash at slot machines. Anymore, They've been more conservative in their play calls and they've realized if we get to 20, we win and in the AFC title game. They didn't even need to get to 20 to win that game. It was a coaching masterpiece. Reed Nagy, who was much maligned this year and that whole offensive staff sat down. They self-evaluated after an embarrassing loss and they said, we're doing too much. There's too much on these guys plates. It's just not working. Let's simplify and execute. And since that moment, it may be simplistic in the eyes of NFL play callers, but it is working, which is all that matters in a results driven industry. I
1: also think that it's very important to note who has been on the field and who hasn't been on the field. They haven't had sky Moore, and they haven't had Kadarius Tony during then. I think the chiefs were trying to make something work that just, it wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to work. And I think that them taking away the three to seven opportunities per game that they were trying to give those other players, I think you have now seen that they have put those touches, those opportunities, they've put them in the hands of their three most deserving players. The best thing to happen for this offense Was they quit giving the ball to Kadarius Toney? They quit giving the ball to Sky Moore, and they started giving the ball more to Isaiah Pacheco. And once they did that, they have found a measure of consistency with their offense that they didn't have before. It was not pretty. It is not going to be pretty. I'm going to guess that at times it's going to be frustrating against a very talented defense like San Francisco. But this team needs to continue to run the ball, this team needs to continue to do a good job protecting its quarterback. And Patrick Mahomes cannot make mistakes. If he throws an interception in this game, this is a game that they can very easily lose. But if Pat continues to play the brand of football that he has played in his last six postseason games, he has been sacked five times. He has not thrown an interception in their last six games. I just think that they're going to win this game. And I know we're waiting to kind of really dive deep into this game, but this stat came across my timeline earlier today. Patrick Mahomes as a favorite of three points or less or listed as an underdog on the road or a neutral site, he is 17-3-1 against the spread. It's real simple to me. Do you want to be on the side of the 17 or do you want to be on the side of the three? I'm choosing to be on the side of the 17 next Sunday. I imagine that many of you are doing the exact same thing. I understand how an algorithm, I get how an algorithm is telling you that San Francisco was better than Kansas City. They were over the course of the regular season. But if you were telling me with two weeks to prepare, you were going to give me the better coach and the better quarterback and time to prepare. I just think that's the right side and the correct side to be on for this conversation. I do want to play this audio before we get out of here really quickly. Uh, here was a Chiefs fan who was scammed by some fake tickets en route to the AFC championship game.
4: Bummed out in Baltimore. We thought that it was a joke. Stephanie Kurtz and her cousin were about to head into the Chiefs versus Ravens game when...
6: We were at the parking lot and our friend called and said, we just tried to go in the game and our ticket's... Aren't working. They're completely shut out of the stadium. They're telling us they're fake. Kurtz
4: couldn't believe it. She traveled over 1,000 miles to see her team play the AFC Championship.
6: It said StubHub on our tickets, so it looked legit, but I didn't see the tickets until right before the game. Turns out
4: she wasn't the only one who got scammed.
6: Some other people were in line behind us that had the seats next to us. Same problem. All of us had fake tickets.
4: Kurt says they immediately started weighing the options.
6: There's not a lot you can do. We tried everything we could. We tried to buy new tickets, but the Wi-Fi there was really hard to get through, and then the ticket prices were ridiculous.
4: So they did the only thing left to do, go watch the game at a local bar.
6: At first we were really upset because, I mean, it's the Chiefs. I really wanted to go to the game.
4: Now ahead of the Super Bowl, Kurt says she hopes her loss Help someone else win.
6: I would say make sure it's legit. Make sure the tickets are what they say.
4: Now on her way back to KC, she says while it wasn't what she thought, it's a game she'll never forget.
6: If you're going to go to a game and not actually go to the game, it was still, you know, it's fun to have the fan experience.
1: All right. I just want to give you guys just two... Pieces of information if you plan on going to the Super Bowl, because I imagine some of you are making the trip to Vegas. Maybe you're going to Vegas and you're just gonna watch the game out there at one of the sports books. Maybe you're actually gonna go to the game. A couple of things. If the deal seems too good to be true on Super Bowl tickets, some fishy, man. You want to know where they're not giving deals out for the Super Bowl? They're giving a lot of deals for a Tuesday Royals game. They're not giving out any deals for the Super Bowl. So if you're planning on going next week, and I hope to see you out there, I'm here to tell you that if you think you're getting a hookup on some Super Bowl tickets, if you're not getting them from a player on the teams, you are not getting a deal, my friend. You are making a cash donation. Number two, if you got Super Bowl money, I would just buy them from a legitimate ticket source. I'm not buying them off StubHub. I'm not buying them, oh, my cousin knows a guy. Nah, man. We're talking about thousands of dollars. I'm willing to spend the extra amount to get them directly from Tickets for Less. I'm spending the extra to get them directly from Vivid Seats. You know what I mean? Not you got a guy. You can have a guy for a KU game. A regular season KU game. Hey, if you know a way to get into KU Houston for a little bit of a deal, hey, more power to you. Some events, I wouldn't be playing the deals. The This is not one of the deal games. Either prepare to watch the game at home on television or prepare to make a cash donation to one of your favorite local scammers. That's the little tidbit of information I would like to share with you in preparation for Super Bowl 58. Thank you so much for listening and making me a part of your day. We'll be back tomorrow as we continue to power along until Super Bowl 58 between the Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Have a great evening. Take care of yourself. It's The Drive.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.